Welcome to the Word of Life Tabernacle Podcast, where we know one word from God can change your life today. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. This morning we are teaching from the subject, redeemed from sickness and disease. Redeemed from sickness and disease. Antoine was singing about the blood. Hallelujah. By the blood, we are with the stripes, we are healed. Actually, it wasn't the stripes, it was the, the blood that the stripes caused to come out. But it was the stripes because the stripes caused the blood. But then he goes on and says, by the blood, we are made free. And so we are redeemed from sickness and disease so that we have a clear picture and understand uh, uh, what we are uh, um, doing. Um, I want to make sure you understand what redeem means. Redeemed. Redeemed. Okay? Are you ready? Redeemed. The meaning of redeemed, so that we'll know what we're talking about. Redeemed means to buy back by paying a ransom note to buy back by paying a ransom note, and then you can put a comma there, to purchase and totally set free, to buy back by paying a ransom note. You've seen people that were taken captive and someone put out a ransom note. If you want to see your son again, then drop a million dollars in a bag at the train station. Well, we were sold into sin by Adam, Hallelujah, because Adam sinned, sin came upon all men, and we were all came under the curse of sickness, disease, and poverty, and Jesus came to buy us back. He purchased us with his blood, so he redeemed us. We were valuable. Always let God develop your self-esteem. If, if, the blood, if, if you were valuable enough for Jesus to shed his blood, don't, don't let anyone lower your self-esteem. You might not mean something to somebody, this or that, but you, obviously you mean, meant a lot to God. He gave everything. He redeemed us. He put everything on the line. And, and the value is something not determined. It's not determined by how beautiful it is. It's determined by how much someone is willing to pay. There was a, an, an, an abstract artist who went in and, and, and went into this art gallery and saw this picture, and it was just a big spot. And it had a little other spot outside of a couple of spots. And, and they talked about how this was a famous painting. And, 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 you know, I mean, to us it might look like chicken scratch. Or like something out of the, you know, um, the Dollar Tree. But he thought, he said, wow, man. He was so impressed. He said a million dollars. Well, I wouldn't have paid a million dollars for it. So the value of a thing is not determined by, 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 it's determined by how much someone is willing to pay for it. And God, my point is, he was willing to give his life. So you're valuable to God. He redeemed us. Then he purchased us and totally set us free from the bondage of the devil and the curse of the law. So with that in mind, now you'll understand this scripture. Galatians chapter 3. Let's look at verse 13 and 14. Christ. And look at the, the tense, hath, already done, past tense. 
Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. That's so very important. Being made a curse for us. He took our place. As it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree. That tree represents the cross. That cross represents a curse. I know we wear it around our neck, and I know we have one in jewelry, but it represents a curse. That's where he took our sin, our sickness, our disease, and he bore them on that cross. And that, that it, it was a curse. It was the curse of the law. It was the, it was the curse that came on Adam and all mankind because of his disobedience. And Christ came and said, I'm going to buy y'all back. I'm going to purchase you. I'm going to pay the price and give my life to totally set us free. He says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. Gentiles just means simply we went without God. We didn't have God. So Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for the ungodly. So that the curse could be lifted and the blessing could come on you and I as the seed of Abraham through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the 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 promise of the spirit through faith put this up in amplified from the amplified real simple if you understand redemption christ purchased our freedom that means it costs something so i heard people say salvation is free no it's not it cost him something it's cost him his life it's cost him his blood he purchased our freedom redeeming us from the curse, the doom of the law, and its condemnation. We were all condemned to die. That by himself, he became a curse for us, as is written home. That I want you to realize Christ on that, on that cross became a curse. Sickness, disease, poverty, lack, everything that came as a result of Adam's sin, every, every mental disease, every physical disease, everything bad, it was under the curse. He became a curse. That's why his body literally became unrecognizable on that cross. Many men had died on a cross. But this, the Bible says he didn't even, according to Isaiah 52, verse 14, 13 and 14, said he didn't resemble a man. His body, that curse was working in and on him. He paid an awful, awesome price as, as it is written. Keep going. In the scripture, curses everyone who hangs on the tree or is crucified. Now we know we're talking about the cross. You saw those images as we sung about hallelujah, he's won the victory. He was crucified. He was paying the price for you and I. Why did he do it? To the end or for the reason uh, that we might receive, they receiving Jesus Christ, you and I, the blessing promise to Abraham might come upon the Gentile so that through faith might all receive the realization of the promise of not just the Holy Spirit, but what the Holy Spirit promised us, healing, deliverance, everything Christ brought us, hallelujah. It wasn't just the blessing of Abraham, it's what he was as an Old Testament mediator till Jesus would come and now Christ has redeemed us. I mean, you know, you're redeemed. Amen. The Bible says, let the redeemer of the Lord. So. So, so you need to learn to. It, <laughs> redemption must be enforced. It's enforced by the words of your mouth. I'm redeemed from sickness and disease. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. I'm redeemed from accidents. Watch this. I'm redeemed from coronavirus. Amen. And every other sickness. Why? The price has been paid. See, we're not, de we're not denying the existence of corona 
virus. It is real. It is killing people. It's making people sick. We're just denying it's right to come on us because we've been redeemed. You understand what I'm saying? Big difference. A thousand shall fall at that side. What, what's the latest number? Three, two thousand, six hundred, something, three thousand. Well, it's, even if it go to 10,000, the psalmist said a thousand may fall at that side. 10,000 at that right, but it ain't going to come on me. You understand? We're in this world, but we don't have to subject ourselves to the curse of the law because Christ legally shed his blood and paid the price and the enemy don't have no right to put that on your lest you allow it. So you got to open up your mouth and speak it over your body and over your house and say, I'm redeemed. I don't care what symptoms come. I don't care what I feel. Don't let fear. Because you get a little headache. Because you get a little sweat. Oh, that must. No. No, I'm redeemed. That's what's going to come out of my mouth. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh, Lord, my strength and my re. See, you're talking to your redeemer. And the words that come out of your mouth should line up with your redemption. I don't care what CNN report. I don't care what Fox is saying. I don't care what the projected number is. I am redeemed. I just read Christ has made a curse for me. So our job is resisting everything Christ redeemed us from. Poverty, sickness, disease, pain, whatever. I resist it. I resist it. Why wow, I'm redeemed from sickness and disease. Put this statement up. Jesus became then a curse for us on the cross. He bore all of our sickness and disease. We just read it. Christ have redeemed us. Who did he do? Say he did it for me. Say I'm redeemed from sickness. Disease, coronavirus, every germ, every bacteria that touched my body dies instantly because I'm redeemed. I'm not going to live in fear. So Christ, we just read it, became a curse for us. He took your place. Now I can show you if some of you would, would, would allow me and understand the Old Testament, but I'll just quote it to you. In the Old Testament, we know about, in Deuteronomy 28, everybody talking about the blessing. The blessing, all these blessings. But from verse 15 to verse 66, it's talking about the curse. And verse 15 says, if you will not obey and walk in this, that's all these curses will come on to you. And then in verse 60, just make a note of this, verse 60 and 61 says all the diseases that came on Egypt. See, it says the Lord will bring. Well, how many of you know God wouldn't bring, wouldn't bring? Why would God bring something he don't have? In the Old Testament, they had no revelation of Satan. And so instead of things being uh, uh, written in the permissive state, they was written in the causative form like God was doing it. Everything good, everything bad came from God. But it says, and all of the diseases and the curses in the book of the law that was not even written 
would come on you. So, so at that time, nobody knew about AIDS. Nobody knew about N1, 2Y, whatever flu. No one knew about all this stuff. Swine flu. Nobody knew about coronavirus. But it, 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 every, everything that wasn't even written on that cross, he bore it. Matthew 8, 16 and 17 says this. When the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out spirits with the word of his mouth. And healed some that were sick. Many that were sick. Healed all that were sick. What was he doing? That it might be fulfilled spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, look at the, look at the, look at the tense again, himself took. Himself took, when? 2,000 years ago, when he redeemed me. Himself took our infirmities and bare our what? Sicknesses. He bore it on the cross. So I'm redeemed. And he's quoting Isaiah. Now look at this from the Amplified. It says, when evening was come, they brought in him many that, were, that, that was under the powers of, of demons. And he drove out spirits with the word and restored them to help all that were sick. And this he fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He himself took in order to carry away. Carry away our weaknesses, infirmities, and bore away our diseases. Coronavirus. He bore it in his own body. Shout unredeemed. From sickness and disease. From poverty. From death. And I'm saying so. In the name of Jesus. I'm building a hedge around my life and around my family. Not only am I redeemed, my family is redeemed. My children are redeemed. My house is redeemed. Hallelujah. I mean, we, we, you got to enforce redemption. You just don't sit back and let the, the television prophesy to you what's going to happen. Let the redeemer of the Lord say so. Look at First Peter. Let's look at, let's move quickly so that we can Move right into this. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1. So we, we know redeem, uh, uh, verse 18 through 20, means to buy back. Jesus came and he said, no, I'm not going to leave him bound by sickness and disease and poverty. I'm going to pay the price. I love them. And he purchased and totally set us free. And then what was the price? What, what, how, how did he did it? Because the Bible says he, pur- he purchased us with what? Well, 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 18 tells us. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18. Are you with me? If you have it, say amen. amen. The Bible says in verse 18, For as much as we know, we were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. In other words, this had nothing to do with Wells Fargo. They, couldn't, they ain't got enough money. Bank of America don't have enough. You can't buy healing. You can't buy this protection. If so, all the rich would buy it. But this thing is affecting everybody, movie stars, athletes, everybody. So this, this, is, this is not something you can buy. It's not something corruptible such as silver and go buy with natural money. From your vain conversation, or that means man alike, received by the traditions of your fathers. But he tells you what it was. It was with the precious blood of Christ. 
as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Underline that. Because I'm going to take you in the Old Testament and show you that when they killed this lamb, which was symbolic of Christ, it had to be without blemish and without spot. That blood had to be pure. That's why Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, none of them could do it because these men had tainted blood. But he took his precious blood and he said, I'll pay the price. Prepare me a body and I'll go down and redeem man and buy men back and break the back of the devil and get the curse of the law and sickness and disease. I'll pay the price. Don't kill a lamb, kill me. I'll go and sacrifice my life and shed my blood. He said, with the precious blood of the lamb, without, the Bible says, without spot, who verily, was ordained before the foundation of the world. In God's mind, he said, hey, I know what, the, what, what Adam going to do. So I'm going to go and prepare Jesus from the foundation of the world. Why? But was manifest in these last times for who? For who? Say he did it for me. Say he did it for me. Say he redeemed me. Say if I would have been the only one, he would have did it for me. Put this up and amplify. Glory be to God. Hallelujah, we're going we to put some faith in y'all. Now, I don't know what's going to happen beyond this Sunday. It might be the last full service like this, but you're going to have something to hold on to in the name of Jesus. You must know and recognize that you were redeemed, ransomed from the useless, fruitless way of living inherited by the tradition of your forefathers. Not with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but you were purchased. Look at your neighbor and say, I've been purchased by Jesus. Say, I belong to God. My spirit, my soul, my body. I am called the body of Christ. I'm bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. Well, let me ask you this. When, when, when leprosy, when Jesus took leprosy, did it get on him? When he touched all them other diseases, you didn't get on him? No. You're the body of Christ. Yes. You're bone of his bone, flesh of his So You've been purchased. Yes. God paid a price for you. Your spirit, soul, and body. You've been purchased with the precious blood of Christ, the Messiah, like as one of a sacrificial lamb. Remember this because it's going to come back up without blemishes. But this one just no any lamb. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. It is true that he was chosen and foreordained, destined and foreknown for it before the foundation of the world. But watch this. But he was brought to public view, out of public, into public view and manifested in these last days at the end of these times for whose sake? Say he did it for me. See, you got to make it personal. I'm redeemed. redeemed. You ain't going to get this from CNN. You're not going to get it from Fox, ABC, CBS. Because the world is going to report it from the world's standpoint. But we're in this world, but we're not of this world. So the things that's coming on this world necessarily don't have to come on you because you've been redeemed by the blood. And that blood covers you and your children. Hallelujah.
Like I said, we're not denying the existence of stuff. It's real. I'm just denying it's right to come on me. Christ paid an awesome price for me. Hallelujah. And you. Put up my statement. So then Jesus shed blood. And the key word is legally. Because it's about a, Satan don't have no legal right now. How many of you know he's a trespasser? How many of you know a robber don't have no legal right to rob you, but if you let him, he will? How many of you know a thief don't have no legal right to break in your house, but if, if you let him, he will? It ain't about, well, well why is it happening? Well, you, you got to, legally, you, don't, you, 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 won't, you won't resist him. You know, you want to be whatever be going to be. If you're going to get it, you're going to get it anyhow. No, uh no, 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 no. Now, I'm redeemed. You know, everybody always want to put you in a, in a sinking ship. You know, we all going down. No, I ain't going down on no Titanic. I'm getting, oh, I didn't get on the ship. I recognize. You see, people feel better as long as they're miserable. You, you're miserable with them. All our kids going to hell. Not mine. No, no, no. Don't be young. You talk about yours. Yours might be going to hell, but not mine. Don't be trying to put me in so you can feel better. Because Christ shed legally his blood. Shed blood legally purchased our healing and freedom from sickness and disease. So it's a legal issue. How many of you know that in order sometimes uh, 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 legal issues have to be bought before a judge and upheld in court? Well, I ain't talking about the natural judge. We're talking about the highest judge, almighty God. When you legally go before God and say, I resist sickness and disease. I resist flu. I resist corona because legally, Father, Jesus shed his blood. The Father said, amen, yes, and amen. It's got to go. Because there's a force behind it. Amen. See, Satan is a trespasser. If you let him, he'll trespass against you. Now look at Isaiah 53. I'm building my case because I'm headed somewhere. Isaiah 53. From the Old Testament. If you have it, say amen. If you don't have it, say no man. But then find it, get it. Because I'm not going, I ain't got all morning. If you need some help, ask your neighbor, will you help me find Isaiah, please? All right, do you have it? Yes. Say amen. Yes. I ain't even going to ask for the no man's no more. Okay, Isaiah 53. Now I want you to look at verse 4 through 6 and then verse 10. The first word in verse 4, Isaiah 53, 4, shout it. Sure. Now shout it. Sure. Take the roof off. Ain't no doubt about it. The older generation said, show enough. Show enough. I know for myself. I ain't got to ask nobody. Hallelujah. No, I'm redeemed. Show enough. Surely what? Watch, watch, watch the tense again. Surely he had already done it. Done what? Born our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we did this thing him stricken, smitten of God. 
Oh, what, the Amplified going to say they thought leprosy. He got, why? Because his body was so broken up. They've, many men have been crucified, but this body was disfigured. Why? He had corona disease. He had sickness. He had AIDS. He had heart attacks. He had stroke. He had high blood pressure. He had leukemia. He had everything, any disease you can name. Emphysema. He had breathing disease. He had every type of lupus. It was all in his body working a curse. They thought God had to strike him. We've never seen. And he was wounded for what? I would, see, he did it for me. She took your place. He didn't transgress. He was bruised for who? Our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. With his stripes, we are healed. He took my place. To the point that I don't even have to worry about it because the chastisement of my peace. I heard someone very interesting commentary on this uh, coronavirus. Everybody, was, he was talking about, he was a, you know, a, a, a psychologist, doctor slash uh, health guru. And he was talking about how everybody is so worried about physically contacting this thing when they should be gone, their emotions. He said, they're peace. He said, because fear. He's beginning to talk about fear. What just, he said, people don't realize that, that when, when you fear and anxiety, in other words, something robbed your peace. See, Jesus died so you ain't got to worry about it. There are people who, who they, but they, them, oh, I hope I don't get around there. I hope, see, anxiety, you're reaching out, you're, you're fear, and, and that's affecting your emotions or your peace. And, and he was talking about the body itself. And I taught this. If you cut your hand or you scrub your knuckle without you doing nothing, the, the blood will, will come up. It will coagulate. It'll, it'll scab will come up without you doing nothing. Three days later, scab will peel. Two days later, skin pigmentation will come. A week later, you know, it looked like you can't. It may be a scar there. But it, and you didn't do nothing. That's the body fighting for itself. And yet he was talking about fear and anxiety will break down the body's immunity to sickness and disease and germs and bacteria in the air. We worry about it. It don't come on your physics. You got to guard yourself mentally and cast those thoughts down. That's the devil trying to rob you of your peace. The Bible says he paid the price for your peace. The chest of our peace. Peace. I can go to bed at night not worried about that. I can go to work not worried about it. I, can, I ain't got to worry about how I'm going to make it and my children going to make it. I have my peace. Was upon him. That means that Jesus bore our mental anguish also not just the physical sin and sickness and disease. Every mental patient Every person that you know is in a mental hospital. Everyone that has Alzheimer. Everyone that has, uh, what's the other? Dementia. Every mental disease. He bore it. So that you can have peace. Can rest good at night. Can go to work. No, I don't care who's got the whooping call. It ain't coming on me. I'm redeemed. I got my peace. I don't care who sneezes. It ain't coming on me. I got my peace. And with this strike, we are healed. And watch this. And all we like sheep, just think about it. 
have gone astray. There's not one person here at one time or another that ain't got off with your holy self. Don't be looking at me like you're deep. Hallelujah, holly nothing. We all can get ugly at times and do stuff that we just hope God and angels just have to cover with wings and say, oh, God, have mercy. All of us, even the best of us. But look at, look at his love. Everyone turned his own way, but yet the Lord made him the light, and he put on him, upon him, the guilt and the iniquity of us all. You don't even have to feel guilty anymore. That blood cleanses your consciousness. The blood of bulls and goats covered sin. And you would go away with a sin conscience. There was a remembrance every year. But the Bible says this man, when he shed his blood, sat down. Good God Almighty, I haven't had time to get into that. In other words, the Bible says the priest in the Old Testament, he done his service daily standing. He stand. None of those priests, Aaron included, ever sat down because there was a continual sacrifice because they can get rid of the stain of the flesh, but they couldn't get rid of the guilt consciousness. But when Jesus shed his blood, he sat down. It, oh, shut up, boy. He remembers your sins and iniquities anymore. So when the devil come and try to tell you God ain't going to heal you because you did this, say, hey, Jesus bore my guilt. You can't condemn me. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can't accuse me. I'm still standing for my healing, even though I came up short, even though I missed it. Don't let the devil talk you out of what God wants to do for you and walk around here guilty. Most people, it's not a matter of God forgiving them. It's them forgiving themselves. We beat ourselves up. We let the enemy, who is called the accuser of the brother, constantly remind us of our weakness and failures. And talk to you out of your blessing. The Bible says, whew, he bore it all. Put this up in Amplify while I'm down here. Then I'm going I'm to go all the way to verse 10. I'm going to show them something. Surely... Show enough. He hath born. Look what he called Greece and saw. Sicknesses. God don't want you sick. Weaknesses. He don't want you weak. And distresses. He don't want you stress out. That child about to stress me out. These bills about to stress me out. That job about to get a new job then. If it's going to you about cuckoo. Jesus paid the price for all that. And he carried our sorrows and pains of punishment. God will never punish you. He put it all on Jesus. Yet we ignorantly considered him what? Stricken, smitten, afflicted by God. Man, that body began to disintegrate. His flesh was exposed. His bones, they're like, what's going on? It was that curse. It was coronavirus. It was AIDS. It was sickness and disease, it was heart attack, stroke, all of that. He said he, just, he bore it. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities, for our guilt. The chastisement needful to attain peace and well-being for you and I was upon him. And with this stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. Drop down to verse Oh, uh, well, you can do like sheep. Keep going. We all like sheep have gone astray. Everyone turned to his own way. 
That's why you don't need to turn your nose up at anybody because the same thing you judge someone else do, you probably go down that road. If not today, maybe before you leave the earth. I never do that. You done did it 22 times. So keep, keep, just thank God for his grace for you. And yet the Lord made the light upon him, the guilt and iniquity of us all. Watch this. Now look at verse 10. Yet it was the will of the Lord to bruise him, not the people. He put him to grief and made him sick. Him who? Jesus. He bore the virus. He bore diseases. He said, I'm going to put everything on him. And when you and he makes his life an offering for sin and he has risen, watch this, from the dead in time to come, hadn't happened yet, he'll see his spiritual offering, his children. Thank God, because I shed my blood. Now the many sons, you're not the only begotten. I got many children. Oh, Father, look at the family of God. He did it, buddy, for you. He shall prolong his days and he will and the will and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper his hand. Put up my statement here. So then Jesus stripes, wounded, wounds. And the reason I'm doing that is because sometimes we get so caught up on the stripes. And it wasn't the actual mark that redeemed. It was the blood that came out of the stripes. Y'all get it? But in order for the blood to flow, they had to lay the stripes on him. So those wounds released the blood that redeemed us from sickness and disease. It released the blood. Because sometimes we just, you know, we get so, oh, we get so, oh, look at this stripe. Look, thank God for the whips, but it wasn't the whips that healed. It was the blood. When the spirit went in his side, the blood came. Out of his side. Are you listening to me? The blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. Everyone shout the blood. blood. Has redeemed me. Look at 1 Peter 2.24. Make a note of this. Whose his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. That we being dead to sin should live Unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were past it healed. Say, I am healed by Jesus' stripes. So I'm redeemed from sin, sickness, disease, coronavirus, every sickness. I'm redeemed. I'm saying so. Jesus legally bought for me and paid the price. redeemed. So your job is resisting those things you're redeemed from. You think the devil don't know you're redeemed? He said, I'm going to try you. Just because you go where like, I saw your car parked out. He's somebody, he, wait, he waiting at the door. Well, I'm going to try you on. We're going to find out if you really believe it. You think you scared me just because you walked through the door? I'm going to know if you believe what was on that board. I'm going to bring some pain and some symptoms. We're going to find out. What you really believe. Now go to Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12. Are you with me? 
Now that you got the New Testament, I'm going to tell you the Old Testament story in the parallel to everything you just read. Exodus chapter 12. Now, how many of you have it? It shouldn't take long. Come on now. Think is at the Genesis. And that's the first book of the Bible. Number two. Excellent. All right. Now, let's look at verse three. Now you're going to see the symbolism. You with me? And I, I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Bible that's going to read a little different than yours, but, but, but stay with me. Tell the congregation of Israel on the 10th day of the month that they shall take every man a lamb or a kid according to the size of the family of that which is father, a lamb, a kid of each house. You see what he said? He said, I want everyone to take a kid. He's talking about a lamb. Remember the lamb without spot? Who was Jesus, right? So we know he's talking about Jesus, right? He's symbolic. He said, take this lamb, verse 4, and if the household is too small, and I like this, because it's almost like you can have faith for your neighbor. He said, now if the household is too small to consume the lamb, then, then go next door and invite your neighbor to church and say, if you worry about the coronavirus, I, we got an antidote. You waiting on the vaccine, we got it. Where y'all at, 1801 D River Road? Go get your neighbor next door and take it according to the number of persons in their house and, and, and for what each eat shall make your account for the lamb. Now watch this. And your lamb or kids shall be what? Without blemish and a male of the first year and you shall take it away from the goat. So you know that's symbolic of Jesus. How, how many of you know this talking about Jesus now? Matter of fact, can, can we just go to the kitty right here and pick that up, verse 6? Can we throw that kitty scripture up? Which So we know, for a fact, because the rest of this, I don't want you thinking about a lamb. Uh, uh, this is 1 John 1, 29, when, 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 when John saw G, Jesus baptized. And the next day, John said the, the Jesus coming unto him. And he said, behold, the lamb of God. That take it away the sins of worse. I don't want you to get caught up in some little kid, some little calf. This is Jesus. Say this, the lamb is symbolic of Jesus. Now, now go back. Let go back. So now, because I want you to know what we're talking about here. We're talking about Jesus. He ain't born yet, but that's what the Old Testament is. It's types and shadows of the new to come. And I think what what would that verse? He said, he said, verse, verse 6, and you shall keep it. 14 days, the same month, the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel, and each shall kill his lamb in the evening. And they shall take the blood and put it on the two sides of, of on the lintel above the door space of the house, which they shall then eat the Passover. Now we're getting into communion. We're going to receive it this morning. Stay with me. Because even though they took that lamb and they took that blood that was symbol and they put it over the doorpost of the door. Some of you, when you go home and walk in your door, I want you to just touch it and say the blood. Just, just touch it. When you, you got to go home. I know, you ain't got no home. Well, your apartment, whatever it is. Your tent, if you're living in a tent, touch the side of the tent and slide on up in there. Just say the blood. You're living somewhere. 
Now, I want to help you. In the Old Testament, it was a house. But in the New Testament, we are the house of God. He's talking about applying it over your life. Remember, God dwelt in a man-made temple. What? Know you not that your body? And God said, I'm going to walk in you. All right, look at your Bible, look at me too. And they shall take the blood. Because I want you to see it too. Because I don't want you to just get bored, stuck. They shall, take the, they shall take the blood and put it on the two sides of the lintel above the space of the door. See, and what, notice.